It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Okay, you guys, let me just ask you this. If you had to put a fine point on, you know, the greatest symbol of the American dream, most people would say it's owning a home, right? I mean, a place to call your own where you're actually investing in something that's yours and you're no longer throwing away rent money, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times through throughout my moves as I climbed the ladder, I wouldn't even put up my Duran Duran poster, Yes, I had one Um, because it was like, why am I decorating a place that I don't even own? Okay, so once you get your own place, you think this is it and I own it. Now, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, it had this really bizarre unintended consequence. It triggered a boom in the housing market as millions of urban dwellers fled their apartments and scooped up homes at a wild pace that two years later is still in play, making prices so crazy they're unaffordable and there really isn't a lot of inventory. So now millions of people have turned thumbing through real estate listings into a blood sport, always with the question, Should you buy an existing home and renovate it or build a new one from the ground up? So my guests today have turned this predicament into major success. Twin brothers Chris and Calvin Lamont are two guys who started a janitorial business and then morphed it into a real estate concept that has landed them a coveted slot on HGTV. Their show, Buy It or Build It, is now a must-see TV show for the legions of Americans making the big decision. I am so dying to know how they went from cleaning buildings to becoming TV stars. So let's welcome Chris and Calvin Lamont to Everyone Talks to Liz. Hi, guys. Hey, Liz. Wow, that was an amazing introduction, Liz. I'm so humbled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's easy with you guys and your story. I mean, twin <laughs> brothers who both went to Lehigh University, and mm-hmm. I, I need right off the bat to know, Chris, you're the buy it guy, right? And Calvin, you're the build it brother? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, I, yes, yes, yes. I just so, had to get that out of the way. Had to get <laughs> yeah, that out yeah, yeah, of the way. Buy, I'm the buyer brother, and I'm the one that's trying to champion for the remodel, right? Which is, like you just said, Liz, before in the, in the introduction, yeah. buy build it is something that we try to do every single day. Everybody's trying to figure that out every day. And obviously, the buy it seems more of, a, of an option for people. Mm-hmm. But we hope this show gives you another way to see it because building it is also a cool way, too. Well, some people are now really pushed into doing that because, you guys, I mean, there just isn't the inventory. I mean, well, I've been covering this on my show constantly, especially since the pandemic began. So I, I want to sort of back up here because I almost find the first part of your story more interesting because it fits in so well with what we talk about here. And that is how you are two twin brothers in college. Same one, Lehigh. Because you couldn't break away from each other, right? I mean, really? Well, football, come on, right? <laughs> come on, Chris, get away from me. <laughs> and uh, I on will top say this, Calvin was the first one there for sure. And then I jumped on after that. I will say that. So okay. You got me on that one. All right. So I committed first, Liz. Okay. So you, <laughs> you committed first and then in comes Chris and says, hey, bro, you can't get rid of me that fast, right? And on top of it, <laughs> how did you both get... 
onto the football team. So what positions did you play and, and how did that happen? Well, we're pretty good in football. We might look a little smaller now, Liz, but we were, we were pretty good football players, especially, you know, our high school team was pretty good, Piscataway High School in New Jersey. But, um, you know, we really thought, you know, as any young kid, you want to be an athlete before anything, right? So football was something that we really enjoyed, and it gave us the opportunity to go to a really good college at Lehigh University. Mm-hmm. So we appreciated that. But in terms of football, we, we treat everything the same. It was full dedication to football along with education, and that allowed us to go to a Division One school that also had good education. So we were happy about that. Lehigh is a very, very tough school to get into now. I've got a senior in high school and, you know, this is a a private school in New York City and they're like, Lehigh, Lehigh. I mean, it has (laughs) really, really risen to the door. Why are you guys laughing? No, because because, because, it's always always been that way. First off, I'm sure you're, you said your son, right, Liz? Yeah. Your son's going to get in. I'm going to just let them know they do, uh, you know, Lamont brothers and get a little nudge. But no, <laughs> okay. I'm, being, I'm playing around. Hey, yeah, I'm playing around, but being serious, though, um, we were blessed to get in. It was, um, I'm not going to lie and say football did have give, give us the opportunity to actually go, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even though we're great academics and stuff like that, but football was another thing that helped us out as well, too. So that was, it was very difficult to get in mm-hmm. back in 2003, also. When we when we sure. got up in there, so and so you're Definitely. both you're both thinking, oh man, we are so going to the NFL, and we are so yeah. getting our our you know our Lambos, etc. And then you realize, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm not Marcus Allen, okay, because that's my yeah. era, you know, Doki Williams, Marcus USC, Allen, USC, I'm, not, I'm not Lawrence you know Taylor, right? I'm not Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I was six foot. I was my senior year. I lost a lot of weight. I got sick. I was six foot. Maybe 185 pounds, 190 playing outside linebacker, <laughs> Division One football. Linebacker. So. <laughs> I still got player of the year in my college, in my school. But once again, it's just can't do it. But Calvin and I really, we know there's a lot of people. By the time we got to college, we we're a little bit older at that point. Yeah. We understood that people are going to go to the NFL, and that's great. But Calvin and I were was we're intentional mm-hmm. of being those people that wanted to show that you can do real estate, you can do other things. Yes. So Calvin and I never thought about getting out, doing a business. I mean, like going to get a job mm-hmm. after school. We went right down to Texas and started working, rocking and rolling. Well, Calvin, let me get to that because you both could have gotten jobs quite easily. You were highly educated and yet you kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit in you thinking, boy, if we take a job in an established company, we might be stuck there forever. Let's start our own thing. So you take what? You only had about four grand between the two of you. You go to Dallas to start a janitor company. What, how did that happen? Wow, you took the word out of my mouth. Exactly. It was, <laughs> we moved down here and we didn't want to get stuck in I say stuck because I'm not saying people are stuck. We just we just we didn't want to get too comfortable sure. by making that great salary coming out of school mm-hmm. and starting to buy some of those things that would put you in position to where you can't sacrifice as much and be as golden handcuffs. You know, um, exactly. So what we did was when we came down here. Uh, it was during the recession. Mm-hmm. So at that time, we wanted to do real estate. Our eyes was 100% on real estate, but as we seen real quick. Um, the, the, with no experience, not any real money, because $4,000 was gone really, really fast when we started up the company name and did a couple of little things. I was pretty much gone just trying to live out here. 
So um, we soon we soon realized because of the of the current market at that time and that recession, we had to make a pivot, and that's everything that Chris and I do in our whole life. We we pivot and we adapt to the circumstances to the certain situations and circumstances, mm-hmm. but we never just you know just fold up. So that's when the idea of you know what what's something that has a low barrier of entry that is still kind of like in the industry of building and construction. So we said, you know what, let's start from the bottom and let's start up a commercial janitorial and commercial cleaning company. And we did that like right out of college or maybe a a year or two after we got down in Texas. And then we just kind of built from there. Liz, we started that. And then maybe a couple of years later, um, well, wait. We started that. We were, no, no, you like, don't get to jump to a couple years later. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not with me. She went. She went to heartache and pain. Nah, huh? Liz don't want the Liz don't want the regular interview. She wants to be okay. I want to hear about how you learned how to be janitors and to run that kind of business. Uh, I mean, Chris, did you know? Did you clean your room in in elementary school? I mean, did you get nah, good? If, at you, this? if you ask my mom, she called me number one bum. My mom called me. <laughs> So obviously it was a learning curve for me to stop doing things to make things clean, right? <laughs> um, the funny part about it is that the funny part about it is when we came down here, when Cal said we want to do real estate, but we said, what's the you know easiest way enter the you know easiest way to get into it? Like low entry to barriers, right? Yeah. Barrier yeah. entry. I mean, so we wanted to make sure that because we didn't have a lot of money, but we were able to get a few, a couple thousand dollars from my dad and our uncles, so we were able to pull that together. We got a truck. We were able to put together, you know, um, some cleaning equipment that can do commercial and residential. Okay. And we had Chris and Cal on that truck with a couple other guys just with their work ethic. And we took that work ethic and we just worked hard. And we understood that cleaning is something that is subjective, but also just through hard work. So we knew that's something that we can jump into. And, and, yeah. and we and more focused because come out of Lehigh University, we, we were more focused on the contracts. So in the beginning, we were working with, um, you know, what I mean, Chris and I going to working with the cities, doing mm-hmm. um, doing more. Um, and this is where every this is where everything kind of connected. List okay. we were doing something called make ready cleans. So Chris and I were we were so we were definitely working with um, schools and banks and commercial buildings. Okay. And then also we we realized real quick, Liz, that well those contracts take a long time to get paid and we need money now. That's when we pivoted to doing a residential uh, carpet cleaning and cleaning too. Soon we learned that, okay, it's nice to do these big contracts, but we're not getting paid to 30, 45 days out. We have 20, 25 employees with all these, you know, all the, all the cost of payroll and stuff like that. That's when we pivoted and said, we're going to need more money on a day to day basis. And that once again, we're saying, okay, well, what do you need in real life? It looks good to have all the contracts, but if you're not getting paid on those, how are you going to live day to day? And that's when we said, well, let's start up this section of the company that brings us more day to day. Well, see, see, you know, you either turn belly up because you don't get the money flowing in or you, as you say, you you morph, you pivot. The going gets tough, the tough get going. Um, Did you have any early fails you know, where you stained carpets by accident as you were trying to clean them? I mean, where did you really have your learning curve tested? Well, the, fail, the, the failure, the first failure we had when we first came down here thinking we were going to do real estate, right, Liz? Like, so yeah. that's the first one, right? Sure. Like, okay, we're coming down here, we're going to do real estate. Ain't, no, you're not. So <laughs> yeah, that's a big, like, wow. That's exactly. So that was right a big, <laughs> that was a big hit right there. And at that point, we were like really college people. So we were writing a lot of like plans. And you know how it is when you come out of college, right? Everything be brain and we writing stuff down and yeah. doing all those things. Yeah. 
But at one point, like we even, you know, this is like we had to do a lot of things to get to this, you know, to get to a point where we can survive every day. So as you said, this, this pivoting, if I, asked, if I told any business person, you really don't fail unless you quit especially in a small business where there's nobody telling you that you have to be anything, right? You don't have a really a brand yet or anything. You're right. trying to survive. Right. And, so and that's true. Say, say that again. You really don't fail until you quit. When you quit, yes, yeah, then you solidify a failure. But mm-hmm. just because you stumble and fall doesn't mean that's a failure, right, guys? Exactly. Like we come in there, so let's say you go in there, Cal, Cal, let's say you go in there with the carpet, right? We talk about car- specifically carpet cleaning or something. They call you, you go in there, you do it. They say it might not be dry enough. It couldn't just stay, whatever have you. Customer service and everything you do will lead you to the next thing. We found out that by that customer service, we, used to, we started having clients that would come back to us every six months, every three months to get that carpet clean. Basically when they didn't even need it, right? Just help us <laughs> out and get things done. So, <laughs> so you know, that was a good part. Because you and were then, just so, so delightful. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so, and then right after that, we started saying, okay, well, we need to, we need to make more money and we need to make more money faster and larger amounts of money, right? Yes. Because the janitorial industry at that time was going down when it comes to the payments and how, what, what they were getting paid, I guess, on a commercial level. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know what? All right, what can we do? And we looked at water damage and water damage and fire and storm restoration. And that, I think that's, the most, that's one of the most important things that Chris and I have done to get us to this point today because that allowed us um, to accumulate the funds we needed to, you know, and then the skills and the experience and the connections and all those things to be able to really take us back into exactly where we wanted to be, which was real estate development yep. and investment and building. And, and Liz, and because we didn't, and, you know, come out of college too young, let's be real black brothers trying to get a, uh, a loan mm-hmm. for anything is very difficult, especially when you're 22 years old, 23 years old. Did you try? But we had we, you know, we went around, tried, it just, we weren't going to be able to get it coming out of school. We, we just couldn't, they weren't trying to give us money for the business, but I'm happy they did it because <laughs> what happens is with these new businesses, you need to be, you need to be working at bare minimum. Obviously, if you're doing, you know, tech or if you're building a program, that's something different, right? But if you're doing a business where you're trying to grow it, I think the less money you have, is a benefit sometimes because mm. what happens is you find you find yourself throwing money to situations and you think you need stuff, you're buying all this extra stuff, and then all of a sudden you don't have no, any more money left and you're right. not getting that money back in 10 years. Oh, hold up, because that's fascinating to me. In fact, you know, rarely have I heard people say, I am glad I didn't get the loan. So I want our listeners to understand this and say that the, in and of itself, that was a formulative and a formative experience for you guys to understand you had to run lean and mean and thin because you didn't have the bank flowing you money and then asking for it back. So that's fascinating to me. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, 
or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Bring me to 2015 when you began buying and renovating homes. How did that start? Okay. So this is Cal talking. I'll just hop in on this one, Chris. So in 2015, fast forward 2015, now we're... We've gone learned. We have been certified in water damage and fire restoration. We're making good money there. Mm-hmm. And now we're connecting with investors and working on their properties and working with equity firms. And now we have the skills to rebuild houses and do all these things and have a little cash on us. And we're we're almost and we're almost quote unquote loanable now, right? Five years or three or four years later, now we can go to the bank and really start to ask for them to to work with us. And that's what we started to do. So in twenty fifteen Chris and I began to look at and look and buy our own properties. And that's when we bought our first property in a suburb in um, in, in Lakewood, Lakewood. In, with Lakewood, a suburb in Lakewood, Texas, in Dallas. And we bought a lot, um, amazing lot for uh, under $100,000, like $98,000. Right now, it'd probably be like $350,000 for that same lot, just mm. to let you guys know. Mm. So... Um, so this is one lot that we bought maybe like 25 over there. We're known as the quote-unquote property brothers in that area. Okay, you skipped the part, though, Cal. You skipped the part oh, a little bit. Give me, give me a picture. <laughs> so we talked about being loanable, and this, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, this is a podcast of business, right? So let's talk a little business and get these guys understanding how to work a little bit, right? Chris, your phone, so, your phone is dying out a little bit. This yeah, so let's sometime. let's start that again. Okay, Chris, Chris, start that okay. sentence again. Go ahead. All right. So I just want Cal, you know, this is business. So I want a business, Fox business. We want to make sure that we have the business acumen and people can understand how you adapt yes. during the situations. Right. So when we um, were doing the when we were doing houses for other people, we're always intentional. We're looking at who they use for their banks because we were doing, you know, we're, they were flippers and we were building for flippers at this point. So as we did that, we were just learning and then they would see our name, our construction company's name on all of the draws and stuff. So we immediately started talking to the host uh, in, uh, in private equity lenders. Mm-hmm. So therefore they were like, you know what, Chris and Cal, we like who you are. We know you can build the houses. And if you guys can get investors, we're ready to go. So once we were able to find some investors, through, we started teaching classes about flipping and all those things. We were able to get you know investors to come with us and help us build these houses until you know we started doing it ourselves. But we always bring investors in sometimes for our flips, but we don't flip as much anymore. Well, you're licensed oh, contractors and interior yes. designers. And so yeah. you really fit this fascinating zeitgeist that the country is facing at the moment of do you buy an existing home and then renovate it and remodel it or do you build it from the ground up and 
make it exactly how you really want it to be. And the, mm -hmm. the price differential is something to take into consideration. So as you become experts in this, how the heck did you get on HGTV's radar? <laughs> that goes back to 2015 also. So, um, and then we learn how to design and build through working with investors because they'll pretty much say, Kristen, Calvin, here's the, here's, here it is. You guys go and let me know when it's done. And we were, <laughs> and then at one point we were like, Chris, the only thing we're not doing is putting our name on these things. Let's go ahead and make the next step. Okay. And that's why we took the leap of faith. So that, once again, real quick, that's taking that leap of faith in, in industries and things that you haven't done before. But of course, Chris and I, that was always our goal. But with the show, Buyer to Build It, right? And of course, the, the economy right now going on with Buyer to Build It and the day-to-day -day life and on TV, Yes, it was kind of cool. At first in 2015, the show was nowhere near the concept it was now, Liz. It was more the Lamont Brothers flipping houses because that's what we did more of, like 90% of back in 2015 and 2016 was flipping houses. Mm -hmm. And then at those times when we, were at the, um, when we met the production company that kind of introduced us to the network, we shot a few times and we were just told, okay, not yet, not yet. So after four not yet. <laughs> From 2015, yes, yes, Liz, exactly. <laughs> Never give up, guys. That's right. Never give up. So after, so after four not yet from the from the, from the network in 2020, they came back one last time and said, "Okay, guys, we want to have Kristen Calvin. We love them, but we just need we we, we want to see something a little different." So that's when the concept came up of buy oh. the building because now at this point, Chris and I were buying all these lots all around Dallas and other cities around the country. And we, we build entry-level and workforce houses in our day-to-day -day business. So we're taking that. Then we also build million-dollar homes and stuff like that. And we also build for clients. But, and we also flip. So now they're saying, okay, you do both these things. Let's incorporate those things you're doing their day-to-day. And then let's bring it, make it to a show. And then you guys are twins. You guys compete. So buyer to build it. Chris or Calvin. And, and then how they chose it, it was kind of like a flip of coin. Oh, Chris, you'll be the buyer, brother. God. Calvin, you'll be the builder, brother. Because we can do both. To be honest, Liz, me and Chris can both be yeah. out of our house. Good. And Liz, to be, and Liz, to be honest with you, I just bought a lot the other day. I'm about to yep. build my own house. And Chris so is the build. And to be honest, so Chris, he's a building. He's building anyway. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris just bought a lot, and he's team building. Yep. And and you guys are now. I mean, the show just launched, and you are famous. Are you like not taking your parents' calls now? Are you like no, no? no. Never Speak that. to my assistant. Never that. Never that. <laughs> Never that. Mom and dad are mom and dad. You know how that is, right? We're kind of humble. We're football players at heart, right? So at the end of the day, we do our job. Yep. And we want to do it at the best of our abilities. So that's why we hope when you watch the show, you can even see the growth in the show the same way as we try to grow through our businesses, mm -hmm. right? We want to show growth and show people that, you know, you just start at some point, but no matter where you start, you got to get better. But we kind of cheated, Liz. I just wanted to say I was going to say we kind of cheated, Cal, because with those four no's, we actually took experience from every one of those shoots with good directors and good showrunners, sure. and, we, and we built it on that. So, therefore, when the big dogs came, Lauren and Steven, that did Fixer Upper, you know what I'm saying? So, we, uh, when they came in, say again? Chip and Joan. Joanne. Yeah, Joanne. Sorry, let me yeah, say Chip that and... right. Ah, uh, Chip and Joanne. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Joanne, yeah. Right. And Magnolia. Yeah. When they came, so so they're so when no. yeah, so when they're when they first sight, right? They how they act. Phone, how we actually, act. I'm sorry, Chris, your phone totally went out on that one. Yes. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Cal. So I'll just pick up from where Chris said. So sure. exactly, Liz, Chip and Joanne. Um, we we were blessed to get those showrunners, so they were able to kind of 
you know, form our show and, and, nice. and take it to a level that we hope people out there out there enjoy. And then just talking about business real quick when it comes to Biden and building it, like Chris just said, he just bought a lot because he's building a house in the area. And every time we deal with our clients, Liz, and our enemy families on the show on a day-to-day, we let them know when you're buying a house or building a house, especially buying it to remodel, you need to think about a few things. Of course, what is your life going to be in the future and why you're building it. Are you going to be able to live somewhere else? Are you going to be able to afford two, two payments? Mm-hmm. If there's delays, where are you going to stay? You know, if the budget goes over, where are you going? Are you able to sacrifice here or there? You know, so there's a lot of things when you're buying and then also your loans, right? If you're building a house, um, th- does that include how much money do you need down payment? Do you need extra money to start up the, to start the construction to receive it back? When does your actually when is your interest payments and your mortgage start on that on those loans? So there's so many things that you need to consider. Absolutely. So me and Chris always say slow down and speed up, and that will allow you to get all your ducks in a row so you don't have to be shocked and get thrown off. And Cal's not trying to scare everybody. Cal's not trying to scare you. Let you know <laughs> <laughs> that it takes. But the thing is though, the buy it process and the build it process can be on a remodel when you're buying it to remodel mm-hmm. a build can be cheaper at sometimes than the remodel when you oh, buy a house exactly right? exactly and i learned that because we were looking and somebody said well you know you can just get a construction loan and build it exactly how you want to do it and people don't understand that they think it's a much more daunting and expensive venture but sometimes it, it actually works out to be a little less doesn't it for me, it's the exact point. I'm, I'm, I'm literally. First of all, every single person trying to buy a house, right? So I was just in it for the last two years. It's taken me two years because of even my thought was, you know what? Let me get in something a little bit faster. So let's just go ahead and do a, a buy type of house and then remodel it. But in this kind of market today, it's difficult because the appraisers, the appraisers will not hit the cost of what that part, the purchase of the home was. Does that make sense, Liz? Yes. So if I bought yes. the house for three hundred thousand. I mean, let's say I bought it for four hundred, but the value is only three fifty. So I'm gonna have to put that fifty thousand dollars up at closing because you're not gonna get that appraisal for it. And then you're gonna have to hold your house longer to make sure that money comes back to the so that immediately you will lose that money, right? Right. So that was the hard part about buying it right now. So I went over to the building to where when you're building a house, obviously location is gonna be a little different because there's not gonna be a lot everywhere. Yes. So location is always a little bit of an issue when you're building it. So those are like the give and takes. But I'm going to be able to have more value in the new construction because I'm a builder. But even if I wasn't a builder, I would still have more value locked into this home rather than buying it after it was built. Do you guys find that the clients that you have on the television show lean one way all the time? Do they uh, just because they're biased, perhaps they lean to the buy it and renovate it versus the build it? I think just because of just what the, yeah, I mean, I think they lean more towards buy it just mm-hmm. because of most of them have families and their young ones and it's time yes. to consider. But, you know, soon you explain to them and kind of educate them a little bit about the process and if you're not going to live into this remodel anyway, so it's going to be pretty much. So it's just, a, it's, it's about educating them. But in my opinion, they do lean towards buy it, the ones that we encounter um, more, unless they're already looking to do something custom. How much fun is it to have the sibling rivalry? I mean, Chris, you're the buy it guy. Calvin, you're the build it brother. And and you've got this rivalry of, oh, I want him to come to my side, not his side. <laughs> it's a rivalry for brothers so we compete. But at the end of the day, 
you know, it's their house. So like, just like the last episode with Damien and Symphony, like when we had a baby pop out literally in the middle of shooting, she's like, I'm not waiting for no house. I'm living with my parents. I'm going into a buy house immediately. So I actually, that's kind of cheating on my part when the baby pop out and they got two kids already. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Some things just can't, you just can't wait for it. Well, life happens. Absolutely. I want to end on this because we, we began with the whole idea that the American dream, if you had a symbol of it, it's a home, it's home ownership. You guys aren't just sitting there trying to make a buck or trying to be famous. You've both talked about wanting to make home buying more inclusive. How are you working toward that goal? That's a big goal. Thank you for asking that, Liz. I go go first, Cal. You go second. We'll both do parts of this. Can I go first, Cal? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, (laughs) So the biggest thing is that when we started, we wanted to get, we wanted to start at a high level. So, therefore, no one questioned what we do. That makes sense. So we yes. wanted to make sure we can build million dollar homes. We can build nice things. We can do those things. But then we wanted to also be able to take from those things and give it to the first time home buyer entry level. And that's important to us because especially in America right now, when we go in and as flippers, we realized this when we went into places that had a house that was worth two hundred thousand dollars or two fifty. The developers are going, especially in Dallas, because we're a big city. We're yes. going into these areas, tearing them down and building million dollar homes. So what we decided to do is we can't help that in an area that's not, you know, restricted through, you know, government and stuff. You can do what you want. So when a when a big company comes in and does that, it is what it is. But there are areas in every city like we work in now that are up and coming and that need to help. So we work with the cities directly. We're very passionate about it. The cities understand who we are even more now to HGTV. And we're able to, to we're able to get lots. We have a lot. Our designers that you see on TV, these are real designers, right? They actually design our houses with us as well. Great. We come together and we're able to provide a unique entry level place that we call it almost like a like an apartment type of house, right? So you get those same kind of features that you get to your luxury apartment. So right. we wanted to bring that to the first time home buyer. And that's why we work so hard with cities directly. Right now we're in like Georgia, we're in like Augusta, we're in Dallas, we're moving to the St. Louis area as well. Our goal is to get 5,000 lots up and rented and sold within the next five to seven years. And we're really excited about it. Mm. You see who talk more, right, Liz? Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that, Calvin. I did. <laughs> well, on TV, Liz, on TV, he do all the talking. <laughs> Hey, 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 look, hey, when that camera's on, I got to shine, man. But it is, so it is, so I actually love this, so I love this conversation, Liz, because it's homeowner, home ownership awareness month, too, so it's a perfect time for mm. this, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, just to, just to kind of belly off what Chris just said, uh, us working with the cities and being able to procure um, lots through the city and through public, public um, purchase. Private, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, through public, um, private purchase. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. So through working with the cities and being able to purchase lots through the cities and through private purchases, um, we're able to plan and develop more, which allows us to, to create these cool and awesome designs, but also allows us to be able to find ways through certain TIFs and government tax breaks and things like that to be able to build and lower the cost and then also be able to now sell the homes with equity in them. Nice. So right now we're, we're able to sell our home for under $275,000 in some cases under $250,000 when the average home in the area is around 300, 300 plus. So we're just happy to be able to um, sell those homes. And also we lease homes too. 
um, because leasing homes allows us to get these people into the communities to kind of give it like a test drive. They can right. live in the communities and also we're able to overbuild them houses a little more because we're not selling them and we don't need them to appraise. So we're able to like, you know, do them a little nicer. We might build some duplexes and lease them out and really, really build them nice. And then we, that's how we start to build back the community also because we want to build for the future and not for the past. I want to end on this. What message do you both have for the point in many of our listeners' lives where they're trying so hard and it's just somehow not working out? Their dream of building a business is is stumbling and falling and they're they're really struggling. Of Chris, you go first and then Cal. What's your okay. advice? I would say that once again, failure isn't going to hit you until you decide to quit. But that does not mean you can't you cannot adapt. You will you will fail if you don't adapt at the same time. So I would say that you have to look at yourself in three different ways. Short term, how do I live tomorrow? Medium term, how do I live next year or the next two or three months? And then that long term, how do I get this business to be able to have employees to where I'm not working as much and it's paying me without doing that? So about adaptation be able to look at yourself in the mirror and actually say you know what this isn't working let me make an adjustment let mm-hmm. me make a change now before it's too late cal that's a good one chris i'm going to say uh i'm gonna say this humbly be humble um i'm saying this from experience uh, my brother and i we kind of we quit our jobs and we i mean we had like little side jobs and we we were 100% in our business and had no other things we were making money on. Mm. If I would say something, I would say it's not, there's nothing wrong with having a second job or something that you have to be able to continue your business to keep it alive for you. Because the longer you stay open, the more possibility you have for success because it only takes one opportunity to get that contract, to get that huge huge deal or that product that you really wanted to do or that patent. So what I say is be humble sometimes. Just because you have to do something else doesn't mean your dream is over. Keep working at it. Oh, it is such a pleasure to talk to you two guys. Thank you so much. The show airs 9 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays on HGTV. And guys, I have one thing to say to you. Jonathan and Drew Scott, who? <laughs> I love those guys. I, love, I, love, I know. I love so, do I. <laughs> so do I. But, uh, you, Liz. You so do I. Thank you so much. So much. Uh, thank you. We're so humble. Chris and Cal thank Lamont, you. I love your story. It's fantastic. And I wish you the best of success, although you don't need it. And oh my gosh, you're on TV. That was amazing. I can't wait to watch the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate you. you so much. Is Have that, you guys, is that not. An amazing story that fits perfectly into Everyone Talks to Liz, how they, you know, what they just said. It's okay. So what? Uh, yeah, all of our fancy friends in college, you know, that well, you're running a janitor business. So what? Look at them now in a short period of time, just by having the passion and the persistence. They are now living the dream of being on television and proselytizing about how they feel about home ownership. I am so appreciative to all of you for listening every single week to Everyone Talks to Liz. We are just snowballing. We started off small, just like the Lamont brothers did, and uh, we're bigger than ever now. So thanks so much. I'll see you at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.